Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Philippians 2 says that Jesus humbled himself. God himself became a man and died on the cross. And then he calls anyone who would follow after him. He says, if you want to come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. What does he mean? He means be of one mind. Have compassion, love his brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. That's what he means. But selfishness and fear kills the compassionate, foot-washing love that Jesus desires to see in his people. Pride and generosity tend to not mix well. If we spend our time looking after ourselves first, we will rarely have time or motivation to help someone else. Pastor Jim reminds us in today's message that Jesus desires those who follow him to put other people first. When we live a life of serving others, we find that we no longer need to have a certain social status or job title to feel important. Doing something for another person is also doing something for Jesus. He sees all we do, even when others don't. With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of 1 Peter chapter 3 with part 2 of his message entitled, Pursuing Blessings. You know when you fly, right? You get up there and they tell you all the things that's going to happen if the plane crashes. I'm not too confident at that point. <laughs> but anyway, but, but they tell you. And one of the things they tell you, if the oxygen thing comes down, right, put it on yourself first and then help somebody else. So we do have to do our best to realize that we are all called to try and keep ourselves spiritually healthy, but we're all going to have times when we're going to have to come out of our isolation and put the mask on somebody else. There's gonna be times when we all have to work together, where we're gonna have to help one another. Romans 12, 16, the Apostle Paul says to the churches in Rome, be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Now, in the American church, what is the typical thing of being wise in our own opinion is criticism, right? Of always thinking we know better than everybody else. Listen, most churches that I'm associated with, most small businesses that I'm associated with, even a lot of the larger companies in times of trouble really uh, figure this out, most of them are just short on money and people. And they do the best they can with the resources that they have. Right? One of the things here, you, you know, people come, it's funny when people come here as a guest sometimes, they come as a guest and they go, Pastor, love the service, man, you forgot the offering. <laughs> Right? We've been here almost 11 years, and by the grace of God, we haven't, we haven't done that one time yet. I'm not against that. I'm not against that, but I don't want that to be a stumbling block for anybody to come in here. And how many of you are busy? Right? So without me constantly begging for money, without me constantly making you feel guilty for not being at the church every night, helping out with everything, we have to do what? We have to do the best we can with the money we have and the volunteer time that people are able to do the church. And you know what? I'm totally fine with that. But we can't criticize that. That's just the reality. That's part of us loving one another and being kind of in that. 
Here, I'm going to get you another promotion at work. You ready? Now I'm up to 2% commission. <laughs> Don't, and some of you are like, you're a pastor. I own my own company. Gosh. Oh my goodness, I'm getting old. 32 years <laughs> next month. Right? One company, five different divisions. But, but come on, stop acting like you're the first person to have an idea. Somebody else probably already thought of it before. Right? Don't, don't act like you know better than everybody else. Approach your employer in a very different frame of mind and saying, hey, you know, I know this is something that's important. Has anybody been working on this? Has anybody invested in this or some roadblocks to this? I'd be willing to get involved in that, maybe even head it up. You know, the workplace is dying for people like that. I'm telling you, it's dying for people like that. But to think we know better, that's not the mind of Christ. Next he says, having compassion for one another. In the Gospels, it's interesting. It actually has to do with a feeling. It says that Jesus looked on the crowds and he had compassion. It literally, it means it came up from his bowels. Like he was like, ugh. Why? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Now to have compassion, that level of compassion, is totally impossible if all you do is focused on yourself. It's totally impossible. I mean, this, compassion is having pain in other people's pain in really identifying what's going on in their lives. It's so far beyond feeling sorry for people. Now, does that mean we run to every emergency we are aware of? No, that's not what it means. It's better, again, to see are other people involved. Don't act like you're the first person who saw this, right? Just say, are there other people involved in this? Is there some way that I can get involved with? And if people say, oh, yeah, we have, you know, 18 people working on this. Maybe you could come over here if that's something you would like to be involved in. And if they say, well, nobody's involved in that, maybe that's the time to say to the Lord, Lord, did you bring that to my heart because you want me involved? Now, this is not being a busybody. Oh, we have to pray for sister so-and-so. That's gossip. Okay? Often it's just lending a listening ear and praying with people. Now you say, I would have no idea how to pray with someone, Pastor Jim. All right, I'm going to give you one of our inner secrets that we have here at the church. One of the ways you can do it, if you're not sure what to do, is you can just offer them help. Help, H-E-L-P. Now, I made this up, but it probably read it somewhere 20 years ago and thought I made it up. Okay, help, H, offer them hope. God knows. God knows. God's here. God can, and that can be in your workplace. It could be in your home. It can be anywhere. Offer them hope. E, encouragement. Man, God sees your plight. Just stay at it, man. Don't give up. Don't give up. I can't tell you how many times I have wanted to give this whole thing up and I have gotten cards from people in this church that said to me, you are making a difference. Stay at it. I'm like, Jesus, what were you standing at the mailbox waiting to pop it in on the right day? Offer them hope. Offer them encouragement. Offer them love. Remind them that God loves them. And then pray. It doesn't have to be deep. It doesn't have to be short. God, we're thankful that there's always hope in you, that we can be encouraged because you're on the job, and that you love us and you're powerful. Amen. That's it. Just ask the Lord to hear, to help, and to heal. Next he says, Love as brothers. This is brotherly love. This is Philadelphia. He actually just said, be Philadelphia. No, he didn't. <laughs> so he said, be Philadelphia. 
don't give lip service to the, a lot of people give lip services. Oh, the church is a family. But then they want to live as strangers. Oh, the church is a hospital. But then they don't want to put the scrubs on and go work in the emergency room. No, don't give lip service to it, Peter's telling us. Actually live it. Maybe think about this. Invite someone, not just your friends, over to your home. Invite someone to your apartment. Invite someone you don't know that seems like they're kind of lonely around the church. Remember, he's writing to the church who just seems like they're kind of lonely. Sit with them in the cafe. You know, just throw me under the bus. Isn't that Pastor Jim an idiot? I don't care, right? (laughs) Whatever it takes just to get something going with someone. Help them out with something. Maybe offer to mentor someone. Or if you're younger and you know someone has walked the road before you of wherever they are in their career or family or something like that, affirm their life and say, would you take some time and teach me what you know? Love people. Give somebody a little gift or a note just thanking them for what they do. Not me. Somebody else. In other words, care for people like their family. And if you have kids, man, this is great. You know, kids need to see the other side of selfishness. Kids need to see the other side of mine. <laughs> they need to know that there's a world out there that doesn't border on them to the north, south, east, and west. One of the evidences that you truly love God is that the Bible would tell us is love expressed in costly action for another follower of Jesus Christ. But that's the gospel, isn't it? That's the cross. That's where Jesus Christ died in obedience to the call to brotherly love. Now you say, wait a minute, Pastor Jim, I think you got it backwards. Uh, Jesus is already gone, and now this is what Peter's teaching. Read your Bibles carefully. The apostles' teaching they got from Jesus. Jesus' teaching is the apostles' teaching. John 13, 34, and 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, Jesus says, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. John 13, the famous, famous, read it for your homework, foot-washing chapter where Jesus, God, could you imagine? Could you imagine talking to Peter about that? God washed my feet. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Since we have the same heavenly father, the Lord expects the bonds of love in our church to be similar to the bonds of love that we have in our own family. Now, some of you say, but my family, Pastor Jim, you don't understand, is really dysfunctional. And your question is, (laughs) of course it is. Of course it is. It's people. It's people. Next, he says, be tenderhearted. What is that? Be kind. Be gracious. Love people who are struggling. Look for the good in people when they can find no good in themselves. And it's, again, it's not passive. It's an offer of help. Could you imagine a church that was like this? And we are to some extent, but there's always room for improvement. That instead of people saying the church should do something about that, that all of us would remember that we are the church and we would obey the call of the Holy Spirit to love and to serve. You say, well, okay, I'm, I'm in on this. I'm in on this, Pastor Jim. 
How do I start? Well, it is a little costly. It's free, but it is a little costly. Going to cost you a little time. Join a community group. There will be plenty of opportunities to love people there. Plenty of opportunities to care for people there, to help one another. And if your group is really doing well, I hope opportunities to help people outside the group so they can see a group of people who are exporting the love of Jesus to others. The last thing he says is be courteous. Don't be the first in line for everything. Don't have to have your seat or your, or your, parking, lo- or your parking spot. Don't be rude. Don't interrupt people that look like they're in a deep conversation. Another version translates this, be humble. Know who you are and who you're not. Consider others before you consider yourself. In fact, the Bible actually says consider others better than yourself. Why would that be? Because we're such losers? No, because the point is that we tend to regard ourselves as being first, right? And he says, don't regard yourself as better than others. You are a creation of God. No one is better than you, and you are no better than anyone else. The great words of Abraham Lincoln, all men are created equal. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. We're all sinners looking up amazed at the Savior crucified for us. Now, are there times when we are better than other people? Well, in certain things, yes. Some people are better singers. Some people are better speakers. Some people are better at fixing things. Some people are better at organizing. That's not what we're talking about. That is where we need to all operate in our gifts instead of having other people. I can't believe how much time I spend operating out of my gift set. Doing stuff that I'm just like, there's so many people that are better at all this stuff than I am. I do it because I'm just used to just doing what I got to do to get going. But there's so many other people who are better at certain other things. Let me get you another promotion. You ready for another promotion, another raise? Certainly help you at work, especially at home, you guys. Right? Ask yourself, who's going to get this after me? Do you know that every time, ladies, you can turn your ears off for a second. Husbands, every time you leave a dish in the sink, all the wives are like, give it to him, Pastor Jim. (laughs) Every time you leave a dish in the sink, somebody has to come along and do something with that. Every time you leave something for somebody else to pick up, somebody else has to do that. Every time you send an email to someone that gives them stuff to do, you're giving other people work to do. We shouldn't be doing that. We should be saying, how can I serve? How can I do something? I love it when the people who work for me show up to me and they say, here, it's all done. All we need you to do is to read it and sign it. I love that. I love that. But I read it carefully in case they're roping me into something I don't want to do, right? (laughs) Pride kills humility. Philippians 2 says that Jesus humbled himself. God himself became a man and died on the cross. And then he calls anyone who would follow after him. He says, if you want to come after me, deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. Well, what does he mean? He means be of one mind. Have compassion, love his brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous. That's what he means. 
But selfishness and fear kills the compassionate, foot-washing love that Jesus desires to see in his people. Well, we've learned it inside the church. Number two, let's pursue blessings in the world we live in. Verse 9, appears that Peter then reminds them of life outside the church. He says, not returning evil for evil or revile for reviling. Some versions say insult for insult. Christians were very much insulted. But on the contrary, blessing. What does he say? If you're insulted, bless instead of repaying. Bless instead of repaying. Knowing that, you were called to this. Now that's interesting. You were called to bless instead of repay. And then he says that you may inherit a blessing. You're like, no, I'd rather be called to that. (laughs) Well, is it in the next life or this life? Probably. (laughs) So at this time in the Roman Empire, Christians were the lowest of the low and the Christian life Attempting to live it was considered weakness, not strength. Now again, let's talk about what we're talking about. Does this mean we are to let people stomp all over us? No. We are not to help and enable people to sin. And the New Testament teaches that God has given us the government if it's a crime what they've done. Now, with some people, do there need to be boundaries? Yes. Yes. Are there some people we may need to remove ourselves from because they are too dangerous for us? Yes. Some people are very dangerous. Some people are manipulators. Okay? And you say, well, how can I bless them? We bless them through prayer. We say, God, would you send somebody else who's not in danger of them, who can stand up to them, who sees them for what they are, and would you please crush them with the gospel? Because that's what it takes. It takes to be crushed by the gospel. And maybe if it's in a workplace, you say, well, I can't do that. I'm with them. What what is Peter saying here? Uh, Be kind in your responses. Not sarcastic. Not sarcastic, but kind. We all have to realize the desire for vengeance and retaliation is part of the human condition. The Bible says an eye for an eye. People go, what do you believe that eye for an eye stuff? That simply means that the punishment should fit the crime. But man, somebody takes our eye out, what do we want to do? Give me your eye, your ear, your nose, a couple legs, right? Your stomach, your heart. I want it all, right? Because we want to repay. But we have to be careful. We're not talking about when we're just insulted because somebody told us something we didn't want to hear, right? So you're always late to work. Your work's incomplete. Everything you hand to your boss, he has to rework and redo for you. Then your boss, he or she calls you in and says, you know, you're really not doing very well here. You're not like, oh, you're reviling me. No, you're getting a bad job review. Okay, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Your friend tells you, you know, you drive up your car and your bumper's hanging off. And he's like, dude, that's illegal, man. You should get that fixed, right? Then a month later, you see your same friend. He's like, bro, I told you, man, get your bumper fixed. He's like, he's reviling me. That's not what it is. Right? That's not, that's, you may be personally insulted or you may be not like what they had to say to you, but that's not what he's talking about here. What he's talking about here is suffering for Christ. And what does he say? When you are suffering for Christ, take the place of Christ in their lives. When somebody is mocking you for being a Christian, take the place of Christ 
love them in return. Luke 6, 27 and 28, in the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus says, but I say to you who hear, this is very important to hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. What did Jesus say on the cross? Father, for they forgive them, for they know not what they do. What did Stephen say in Acts chapter 7 after the Lord Jesus Christ ascended and they stoned him to death? Lord, don't hold this against them. So Peter's telling us when you're persecuted, bless. When you're persecuted, forgive. Pray. Serve. Try to speak well of people. Not lie, but try to speak well. And he says this, knowing that you were called to this. This is the different life that God has called us to. Now, about this time, some of you might be thinking that Peter is teaching that we need to be a good person to inherit eternal life. Your theology is correct if you take chapter 1 out of his letter. But it's incorrect because in chapter 1, we realize that he was writing to people who already have eternal life because they had repented, turned to God, believed, put their trust in Jesus Christ. Jesus and the apostles did not teach that you get into heaven by being a good person. Never did. Never taught that you go to heaven by your good works. We go to heaven by grace. We grab it by faith. Good works are simply evidence of a conversion of the soul that God has done his work for those who are destined to inherit a blessing. J. Ramsey Michaels, author of the, the Word Biblical Commentary, I loved his wording in God, talking about God's blessing, said this, it's not earned by the performance of good works, it nevertheless belongs to those who demonstrate good works. The Apostle James said, the Lord's brother said, faith without works is dead. In other words, grace is not passive. We receive it from God, but we act upon it. Jesus and the apostles taught that this part of the Christian life, the attitude of love for others, a desire for the best for them, is what we are to want for people. We are to desire that people, even people who make fun of us, know Jesus Christ. And Peter's teaching us here that God will bless you as you bless others. The blessing might not look the way you and I think it is, We'll talk about that in a second. But God promises as you bless people, he will bless you. Uh, to say it another way, blessed people are a blessing. What did Jesus say? It is better to give than to receive. Now this is very challenging for us as Americans because we think of blessings, we think of what? Something we get, not something that we give not desiring to bless other people. But notice in his grace, the Lord Jesus even provides a motivation for us to bless people. He says that you may inherit a blessing. And while a lot of people get lost in the debate, is that here or is that in heaven? I think it's much more important to see that the blessing is inherited. It's not earned. It's the result of being in a family. Now, if you have a family, a lot of you have a will. It's a good idea, right? And so let's just, you say you go into an attorney's office and, and you haven't 
you know, you never met this person, the receptionist there, and as you're going in, he or she says, don't forget to keep me in your will. <laughs> you're be like, you're kidding, <laughs> right? Right? So, but it's part of being in a family. So it's inherited. What is it, if we're really in touch with our inheritance that we have from God, what does that do for us? Well, it makes us confident in the present. That's it for today with pastor and Bible teacher Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Dover, New Jersey. We hope and pray that Pastor Jim's simple and passionate verse-by-verse, line-by-line teaching through the book of 1 Peter is bringing growth to your Christian faith. Now that you've heard from us, we would love to hear from you. Please let us know how we can pray for you, answer any questions you may have, and let us know how Changed by Love has helped you. Perhaps you want someone to explain to you how to have your sins forgiven, how you can go to heaven, and how you can get started or restarted in your faith. Maybe you're looking for a good Bible teaching church in your area, or maybe you just need someone to talk to. Remember, friends, we are here to serve you and to help you, so that someday the Lord will use you to serve and help others. That's the way the kingdom of God works, and we're thrilled to participate with you in the adventure. There are many ways to contact Pastor Jim and the team here at Changed by Love. All of our contact information is on our website, www.changedbyloveradio.com Once again, that's changedbyloveradio.com Maybe you would like to bless us and write us a card or letter. Our mailing address is Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Changed by Love, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Please join us next time on this same station. Until then, stay close to Jesus, and we know that you too will be changed by His love.